Welcome back to the Drone Deer Recovery Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Kevin. On this week's podcast, we talk about the new bill that proposes banning all DJI drones in America. And we also talk about the agricultural side because it's ag season. We're going to get into it probably here in the next few weeks. And then we end up the episode just recapping what our season was like here at Drone Deer Recovery. Stick around. You're not going to want to miss it. We're rolling with the podcast, getting Kevin off guard. His <laughs> headphones are up. His coffee's in his hand. And He's... I've just been told I can't use my phone on the podcast. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I was asking, like, it's mostly for viewers that are watching the podcast on YouTube, see us on our phone, because we're always doing something. You write emails, texts, you name it, we're doing something. But, uh, like, is that nice to do? Yeah, it's probably not ideal. Yeah. Probably I don't ideal. I don't know. Probably not proper. Is it called etiquette? Yeah. Okay. Today is a big day. Let me tell you why. <laughs> Do you know why it's a big day? Uh, no. No, I don't. The actually. first court case in drone recovery, like it's not drone deer recovery, the drone deer recovery, but uh, there is a drone deer recovery case going on today in the state of Pennsylvania. He is going up against the commissioners or not necessarily the commissioners, but the commission, the wildlife game commission over there. And um, gonna gonna fight fight a case, and we can only hope that he wins because if he wins, then it's going to be better for the next guy. Oh yeah, because yep. people are still gonna keep doing drone deer recovery in Pennsylvania because it's not that okay. So the state can say it's illegal is one thing, but is it ethical? Right? Like you can tell me to not do this, but if I feel like it's an ethical duty of me as a pilot or you as a hunter to put all reasonable efforts in to recover your deer yep if it is use a drone to recover your your carcass then why not do it so what i'm saying is is if he wins this case it will be better for the people that are still doing it even if the state tells you it's illegal one is it's far quicker way of of uh, getting change right because if it goes through the normal channels it takes forever but if it's decided through case law like this then it sets a precedence for all future cases and it's effective today that's right? that's what we're hoping now i'm not a lawyer and this is not legal advice but it's like one guy came up to me and he's like well it doesn't necessarily set precedents because they understand how law and stuff works so i was like well either way the guy needs to win because if he wins then we can at least say hey look they already tried this they set up a sting operation and they tried taking taking his equipment he still does not have that equipment back that's so yeah he yep. does have another drone he has flying missions he was losing thousands of dollars because people were still calling him for pet recovery herd analysis mm -hmm. those types of things and he couldn't do it because the the wardens took his equipment and so he was like you know what i'm, I'm losing thousands of dollars i'm gonna buy another drone and is there is there a date for when that equipment will go back, like get returned to him? Is it based well, on... Well, it's only based on if he wins. So if he wins today, then... I don't... I just don't see it being a win today. I think it, it's a step in the right direction. I don't know that's going to be a win. It could be a win. I don't know how it works for sure, but if it were a win today... I would assume that he's supposed to get his equipment back, right? Because yeah, if he if he doesn't, yeah. I mean, why would they keep possession of it? I'm just kind of excited about this, yeah. right? I'm I'm passionate about it because because again, it comes back to like my whole goal in starting drone deer recovery is to help people, and now these game commissioners want to shut this down of helping people find a lost carcass that otherwise goes to waste. So 
we got to win this thing, dude. Like, I mean, do you have a prediction? What's going to happen? Do you have what? Would he, what chances would he give him? I don't know. I I think he's got a pretty good uh, thing going. If he wins, I don't even know that I want to say this, but if he wins, he could counter sue for entrapment and that type of stuff. So, I mean, it it could be a good case. It it just it just to think that you are a conservation officer and you want hunters to find their lost game, but yet you don't want them to use a drone to do it. Like, this is 2024, yeah, guys. Yep. Like, the technology is available. It's like I was talking to a guy. Oh, here we go again. Going to get started on agricultural. But I was talking to a guy yesterday about using drones to spray. He was an ag pilot back in the day when there was no GPS. He was fly- flying with uh, DC-3s. If you don't know what that is, that's a multi-engine big airplane, like 100 or 120-foot wingspan. He was using to spray gypsy moth uh, over forests and stuff. But I had talked to him about... Uh, you know, using drones. And he's like, absolutely. We should be using drones. It's 2024. Like, get on with it. So it's the same way with deer recovery. It's 2024. Drones are available. It's totally a vital tool. Get on with it, states. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, yeah, I have nothing to add. It seems like some states are doing it, like Missouri. They're getting on with it. Okay. Yep. Fact, so update them. You can. Yeah. So, so the just video, released a vi- video. Yep, put yep. out yesterday, and one of the things that uh, I guess was it a senator speaking in that video? I don't know that it was a senator. It it would have just been a guy um, speaking to the commissioners, and I don't I don't know. But what it his sounds role. like he put together the bill, or he was a vital part in like okay. presenting yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And one of the people on the panel. Or congratulated the state on being a first mover. Like, yeah, like they said, the state of Missouri is one of the first states that has seen the changing uh, landscape of technology, yeah, and have come up and issued like new updated regulations based on it. Yeah, and yeah. and they were saying, I mean, a little bit of a pat on the back, like we're doing our job. This yep. is what our job is, yep. and the other states will follow. It'll take longer for other states. They should. If they don't, then you know they might be living in a cave because this is technology. Technology progresses. Laws and rules are always behind it. So it's like just it's like a a commissioner came up to me, a PA game commissioner. At the Harrisburg show. Did we talk about this already or is this the first? I think you mentioned it a little bit, but you should say it again. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah the, last, tag- the last time we did a podcast, we were talking about how we're going to release this video that they've never seen before. And and then what happened? I don't know. I kind of got cold feet, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, we, we're think it's we will release it, but we just, I don't know why we didn't. You wanted me to just send it, but... How do you feel about it right now? Yeah, I I think, I mean, like as a drone enthusiast, I still feel the way that we felt when we were standing out there at that door. Like, how is this possible? Okay, yeah, so let's just talk about it because we probably will release the video and we can we can talk about it. Let's talk and, about and, it. And they're still going to want to watch it. Oh, yeah, you got to see it because you won't, you will not believe it. And if we yeah. got comments. Well, I didn't. I didn't believe it and I didn't understand why it was working either, but. Basically, what happened is we had one of our big agricultural drones uh, land in the pond. Not good. Not a good day. Yeah. That thing, just the airframe itself is $19,999. So basically $20,000. Lands in the pond and sinks to the bottom. And uh, I'm like, 
Oh boy. Like no bueno. Like, um, you, you speak Spanish. What would you say if you've seen that situation? I'm not going to say it because that would be bad words. Okay. <laughs> I, I rolled up to the office that day and, uh, the whole vibe, I was just like, people were not feeling it. Like, no, no, it was, it a bad was, deal. it was just, everybody was just like not cheerful and cheerful. Yeah. Yeah, we were doing some testing stuff, you know, generators and charge boxes and run times and hover times and that type of thing. And the battery got low on the drone and at 5%, the drone lands automatically. You can try to override it and uh, the drone at 5% went and it and it landed in the pond. So here it is. It's sunk in the pond. We go up to the pond and I'm like, yep, there it is in the bottom. I was like, forget it. Like, Let's not deal with it right now. The water's cold. I'm not just going to walk in there and get it out. We kept working. We we went back and we're doing some other things, pulling out um, generators and getting new T40s out of the box and stuff like that. And uh, got that set up. And about four and a half hours later, Dennis, one of uh, subcontractors that does drone deer recovery for us and also uh, he's now getting into the agricultural side, he was like on me, like, like Mike, let's get this thing out of here. Mike, I, I was, I basically had other things to do. I was not worried about getting the drone out because like it's trash. What's the point at this? I mean, at this point it's like, get it out now, get it out later. Does it really matter? Yeah. Right. It's trashed. So finally he, he kept staying on me and he went up there and he looked at the, the drone sunk and he's like, I'm going to get that thing out. And Jay's like, if you get it out, I'll give you a hundred bucks. He's like, okay. He went up there and got a little paddle boat. I didn't realize there was a paddle boat there, but got a paddle boat, went out there, hooked a rope onto it, pulled it out of the pond. Battery is still turned on. Drone is powered on. It was sunk for four and a half hours. They get it out, pull the battery out of it, put a new battery in it, turn it on, and had a propulsion air, ESC number five uh, had an air. So they shut the drone down, rebooted it, Boom, fires up, Jay takes it off, flies it around, and I'm just like, I, I, I don't understand how it could work because the motors are exposed. Like, there's copper wires you can see underneath the motors, but uh, $20,000 drone sunk in the, in the pond, sat there for four and a half hours, got it back out, and uh, it flew. The catch is I was like, it's flying now, but will it fly in a month or you know, and um, so we left it there overnight, went back the next morning, turned it on, doesn't work. One of the motors. Yeah, it says, yeah, it says ESC number five uh, needs to be checked out. So maybe, maybe it's just as simple as changing one ESC and, uh, you know, and it flies, but it, it, I don't it, know that DJI designed these drones to like sink yeah. and then fly again. Yeah. And then I mean, we're talking like thinking what five? It was five feet underwater. Five water. feet underwater. Yeah, so. I uh, I thought the battery was junk because when we got the battery out, it didn't make sense. The battery was still powered on, so they shut it down, pulled it out, and then I couldn't get the battery lights to turn on. But I think the battery was so dead that it didn't have any juice. I plugged it into a generator uh, yesterday, charged it up, and no ran way. it. Yeah. No way. But that, that drone still does have its work cut out for it just to earn the trust again <laughs> of being totally airworthy. Uh, I think that drone um, will just be R&D <laughs> from now on. I mean, it it has a story to tell. I don't know that it's going to 
see a lot of work until it proves itself. Yeah. Right? Yep. We've got to get a full inspection and yeah. Yeah. See have, for sure. Yeah. We'll definitely have somebody go over it completely and make sure we're good to go. But the thing is like, if you don't have any errors on your screen and you inspect it physically, look for cracks, bulging, you know, those types of things, the drone is good to go. Um, yeah. but I don't know. It was, it was a little freaky looking at a drone sunk in the, in the water and being like, it's trash yeah. just like that. Yeah. But we'll see. Maybe it'll fly again. So this is a little bit of a tangent, but one of the reasons you guys were doing research on the different generators and the batteries and, and charge time is because, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but right now the DJI generator is the fastest, like no other generator. We haven't found another generator yet that can charge yeah. the T40 flight batteries as fast as the DJI generator can. Yeah. So I think the problem is that it's not so much the generator's fault as it is the charge box. Mm. So when you plug, there's another charger called a T30 charger that you can charge. Was that actually for the T30, like the generation prior to the T40? Yeah. Yeah. That would have been made before DJI released their own generators. But uh, so the T30 charger uh, plugged into a really big generator, like a Wesson House uh, 28,000, the charge box will charge the battery, just not as fast. You're like a, between a minute and maybe a minute and a half yeah. longer to yeah. charge it through that box. And for some people, that might not be a big deal, but when you're trying to cover acres, like a ton of acres, every minute counts. Because if you start doing the numbers on, let's say it takes you one minute longer to charge a battery and you have to wait for that one minute. You know, one to two batteries, not big deal. That's you're waiting for two minutes. But let's say you wait on that for like 60 charges in a day because you're you're going to go through 60 charges in a day if you're out doing this uh, to make big money. 60 charges in a day, one minute, right? That's one hour. If you get 15 bucks an acre, let's make sure I'm, I'm doing this right so I'm, I'm not going to, you know, mess it up. But... 15 bucks an anchor times 60 that oh my gosh is that right 15 times 60 okay so that'd be 15 bucks an acre yeah all right so 15 bucks an acre and you can do say 35 acres an hour because 60 minute or one minute times 60 is one hour and you're doing 35 acres an hour and you're getting uh 15 bucks for those 35 or $15 per acre. So 35 times 15, it's $525 an hour. Yep. That you, that you would, uh, like lost, lost revenue. If that thing was going yep. full speed. And let's say you did that for 24 days. That's $12,600 that you could potentially lose by waiting on that thing for one minute mm-hmm. to charge. And part of the reason this is actually a big deal is because it, with the compressed timelines of some of the seasons where you, where you are spraying, um, you can't just say, I'll do the same amount of work and I'll just do it in a day more. It doesn't yeah. work like that, yeah. right? No. It's very compressed. Farmers yeah. want it when they want it. And if you don't get to it this week, you're not going to do it next week because yeah. the season's and passed. The, and the other thing you do is on these numbers, it's like they want to try to save money. And it's like... I want to buy one generator to charge two batteries. Well, you can do that, but if you have two generators and you have one generator go down, you still have one generator and your whole operation isn't grounded. So with $12,600, like you could buy multiple DJI generators 
and have them as yeah. as backups yeah. so for have, that price. So have two and then a, a backup or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just putting the numbers out there because mm-hmm. what they're gonna look at is they're gonna be like, okay, well, a DJI generator is is it five thousand bucks? Four nine nine nine. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's five thousand dollars for one generator. So you got to get two. So that's ten thousand bucks. But if I go out and buy a Weston house for thirty five to forty five hundred bucks, they're gonna be a lot less money. But the thing is, it so now let's say, well, then I'll just buy two. Well, that's fine. You can buy two, but you're still going to be slower on that mm. charge. Every time mm. you're you're still going to be slower. And so it just doesn't make sense. If people want to do it the right way, there is only one way. And that's not trying to cut corners on what you should or shouldn't use. I think if a guy wants to do it full time and wants to be a professional, you're just going to have to run the system. Because if you run that T30 charger, uh, there's also like a, you know, a, a Mikey rig. I'm going to call it a Mikey because I don't want to say Jimmy. I don't want to, you know, offend Jimmy. But like you Mikey rig something together because like the cooling station doesn't work with the T30 yep. charger. You got to yep. use this extra plug. And so it looks a little trashy, but wow. Well, agricultural stuff. Here yeah, we go. We, yeah. can't, we can't stop talking about it. Actually, maybe they'll just turn into the... We'll just merge the two logos together, have like half the new way logo and half the drone deer, and then we can talk about whatever we want. Yeah. This is basically the drone podcast, like thermal agriculture. Thermal and ag. Yep. Yep. That being said, we should talk about the um, DJ ban again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that, a, is that you didn't talking see it? about? No, I didn't see it. No. What's up? Yeah. It's coming again. <laughs> yeah, because every year around this time, uh-huh. there's new legislation. Like, yeah. there's new bills proposed yeah. to commissioners. Yep. Just like we are, you know, right now, we are proposing new bills to states about allowing uh, drone deer recovery. And so now this bill is back up, and it's gaining a little bit of traction. Uh, I am not well-versed in how the whole thing works, but... It, it goes something like this. There's two drone manufacturers in America that are pushing this bill to be, you know, pushed in here so they can get some of the market because they don't have any of the market. Then 75% of the, uh, the drone market is like owned by DJI. So there's a guy that called me out of Texas to reach out and basically get us prepped if we do need a bunch of country boys reaching out to their state reps, because this band they're talking about, it's not just the sale of DJI drones. It is all DJI drones in America will not be flown in America. So they, they're trying to ban not the import and sale, but the actual functioning, yeah. like by banning the DJI yeah. servers so or what, something. So what they're doing is they are banning the radio frequency something. It's the FCC something. Only would affect DJI drones? Uh, it would affect all drones that have the radio frequency brain that come from China. I was talking to a drone lawyer out of Florida and he was, he, he would be, we got to get that guy on. Like he's good. Like he has so many, like, I don't know, proper terms to say things, but like there's a brain that even if it comes from China and it's put together in America, if it came from China, then it wouldn't be allowed to be flown. I don't see it, but it's like this. The guy from Texas called me, and he was like, hey, I just want to make you aware. 
basically get you prepped if this bill gets legs like let's reach out to people that have some reach and so that's what we're doing is, is we're getting prepped you can already fill out a form uh, pilot institute he just put it out on his latest uh, youtube video um, we'll probably link it in this video, but I want to give credit to Pilot Institute. He put it out. It's basically, it's an easy link. You click on the link and you put in your name, address, and it'll be a, a pre-drafted email. And you click send and then it'll know who, what senator to send it to. So in Very Ohio, cool. I filled it out. So please do take like 30 to a minute like between 30 seconds and a minute to fill this out it does not take long but it's this pre-drafted email and when you send it with your address then it knows exactly what state rep to send it to and so uh i filled mine out uh going back to the guy in texas like he was like you know mike this is going to really affect me he has 10 matri 30s on his fleet like he does something with like security purposes and he's like, dude, if, if this happens, like it, it'll be a bad deal. And not, not only for people that have a business, recreational users too. Like there's a bunch of people that are starting to fly the, uh, DJI, uh, Avada. Avada. Yeah. The, the, the mini, the mini three, mini four, super popular. Yep. The, the Mavic is the yep. go-to drone for anything well, filming. Yeah. What about like the, the real estate people? They're using these to create, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, for you this, look bored. Are you bored? No, I just, I'm like this conversation. It's like, I've heard it from different angles and, but let me tell you, like, you should seriously think about this. Like the lawyer that we're talking to in yep, Florida, he's yep. like, Mike, you got to think about this. Like if this goes through, like, you know, what is your other option? I said, we'll figure it out once we get there. Like when I say we'll figure it out, it's not just me and Kevin, the Lord, us, we will figure it out one way or the other. But the but, reason he said be concerned about it this time, Mike, is what happened is when they proposed this bill last time, some states were watching and they implemented their own uh, actions. So when this was proposed last time, uh, the state of Florida went forward with it and said, nope, you can't use it like st state and local government. Yep, yep. Tennessee did the same. And now he said what they'll do is when this bill gets proposed is say, hey, did you guys see Florida? You know, Florida made an action on this. Tennessee made an action on this. Like, you should really consider. He said they are saying some of the most acidine stuff to these lawmakers to scare them into yeah. doing it. Yeah. He said that they said at the Thursday meeting when they met with the committee, uh, it would be the Senate committee meeting, just like it did in Indiana, but this is on like the federal level. When they had the committee meeting, he said that they said stuff like, yeah, these drones can monitor the heart rate of Americans and then it sends it over to China. <laughs> Out of fear. They're, they're trying to get them to do this out of fear. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, that, I, I could I could go down this, uh, you know, this rabbit hole. Uh, okay. But uh, like, like, so just to come back to like the reality that actually happened is China flew huffing balloons over America and we did nothing about them for like weeks until somebody was like, do we shoot those down or do we leave them up there? You know what? Let's shoot them down. And then they shot down, but not until they had done like. Like, I think it was a couple of weeks that they were flying around. So, like, to, to go, I mean, 
personally, I, I, I get it, right? We should think this will never happen. We should be prepared, all that stuff. But it's such a big jump to go from preventing state law enforcement from buying a DJI product to banning the use, not just the sale of the use of it. Yeah. But I mean, that that's why that's why we need everybody that listens to this podcast and everybody that watches this podcast to share it and and talk with your friends because filling this out with your state reps if we're eh, it won't get, it won't happen I, I don't need to fill it out cuz I, I was like eh, I don't need to fill it out right like why should I fill it out no that's exactly why you should fill it out if you think those things like you shouldn't fill it out like they're supposed to work for we the people, and so fill it out and send it okay. in yeah, because I mean, this is the deal. He said that if we get enough country boys telling them that the government would want to take their drones from them because they're using it for more than just like oh taking nice pictures and this and that, they're they're using it on their ranches. They're they're using it by the way. He said it's like telling Texans that you uh, can't have guns. You're gonna take your guns away. Yeah. Yeah. So never gonna happen. Like everybody will. Well. But but the thing is, you think, well, I got my drone, I'll, I'll still be able to fly it. No, bohunky, you won't be able is to. Is there fly it. is there ever a time in history, like in the past, looking back to where the U.S. government has banned not just the sale of something, but banned, you know, to where they would ban the software or ban the like? Has that ever happened? Like a similar thing in a different industry? I don't know. We we'd have to check that out. It's it's they're banning the radio frequency that they can transmit. Yeah. And that's how you fly drones. Yeah. It's all through radio frequencies. So okay, what would it take then for DJI to say, okay, well, if those radio frequencies are being, uh, you know, banned or whatever, the U.S. is a huge market for them. So they're not going to, you know, light. They're, they're not just going to say, oh, well, we're not going to sell to the U.S. No. They're going to bring the, the drones over. Well, and they're going to finish them well, off in well, the U.S. Well, I, I'm going to stop you there. We think America is a, is a big market. It is a good market for DJI, but... They have to fight this stuff to get it here. What if they're like, whatever, Americans, like, deal with your government, like, and they go to Asian countries. They are selling just absolutely ship loads more of drones in yeah. other countries than they are America. Yeah. Like, if you even just talk on the agricultural side, like, we are so far behind the game, it's because of our government. It's because of regulations. So what I want to say to DJI is don't get tired of fighting the fight. Like we like your product and we want to use your product because if they decide to pull out, bad deal. I mean, it's a bad deal because basically, I don't know if I said this already. I've, I've been talking so much this morning with uh, people. There's two ways to get some of the market. It's legislatively or innovatively. And these companies that are paying these lobbyists to try to get them banned, they're trying to do it legislatively, not innovatively. Like They're not making a better product. So yeah, buy their product. yeah, their product is not getting better. Like If we have to like stop flying what we're flying, it's going to be like not good. Um, and and I, I hear this from other people. Like... People that are in law enforcement and they have to go away from flying their personal DJI drone to flying what the law enforcement is allowed. They're just like the the workflow isn't right. It doesn't work. It's it's slow. It's lo- like it's just not that good. What is that drone um, that you sent me that would be American? Um, uh, was it the Autel? No. Um, uh-uh. 
uh, it was one of those AI like yeah they have a, a it navigates itself yeah there there was a there was another drone manufacturer but that would be an American uh, made drone and it just it's literally like they're five years or ten years behind the technology of DJI but yeah so make sure to uh, fill out the form I assume we're allowed to use it from uh, Pilot Institute maybe I'd have to ask him but uh, yeah you just click on that link going to ask you your name your address and then it'll send off the email to your uh, state rep there's also a form on there where you can call them like we should do that to see if it actually works i don't know if it would work or not but you could at least leave a message yeah even if they don't pick up hey that would be maybe we do that live on air yeah see if it see, works yeah see if it works give them a call <laughs> yeah so it's it's the new dgi proposed bill no good. What else you got? How how's the uh, new website coming along? <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Is it gonna Hopefully be by the time you listen to this podcast, it'll be live. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. What's gonna be different about it? So you'll have uh well, we'll have New Way Ag have a proper website for start. Um so if you're looking at anything from well the trailer is difficult because we still haven't gotten good pictures and and we've been trying to work on that and Last I heard, the trailer was in the shop redoing some of the of the configuration because it's not quite right, and we want it done just the way we, we need it. Yeah. Um, and I can't call them. It just sends like a, a text message yeah. instead of uh, instead of sending them an email, it'll send them a text message. The other big thing that that I'm excited about on the website is we're getting close to finally publishing the A to Z guide to getting started with your own drone business. And uh, something that uses kind of own thermal drone business or agriculture business. Okay, it is wider than just thermal, but we we use the use case of how we did research, how we purchased, what we went about doing, how we priced, and the goal is that regardless of what of the individual kind of drone related passions you want to follow, it'll be helpful to to see the road to market that we took, and you can figure you know you can all the questions people have about insurance warranty. Do you need an LLC? How do you actually get like the nuts and bolts going? Nice. You can see what we did and then you can base what whatever you want to do kind of off of um, learning from our mistakes and, and, and learning from what we did right. Nice. I so, like that. Uh, we hit on it a little bit, but uh, Missouri, we, we talked about that they are now going to allow drone deer recovery. I, I wanted to catch up on this because I will tell you it's not in effect yet. Like if, if you go, like it has to get approved yet, but they are thinking by the 2024 season, it will be allowed. So as of right now, this day, technically it's not in effect yet. It would not go in effect until later in the season because it, it takes a while to, to go through the, the, the steps or whatever. So I forgot to mention that when we were talking uh, about it, so if you're in Missouri, but I did have somebody reach out right after I released that video and he's like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, buy the complete drone deer recovery kit and uh, want a couple more questions. Something, some of those that you just mentioned that they will be able to get uh, on our website when the new website is released. But I think it's going to give people opportunity to uh, do it as a business, but I even outside as just doing it as business is having it as a tool for big time, you know, hunters like it just makes sense that and you, you don't even need to own thousands of acres for no, it to make uh-uh. sense yeah yep yeah so 
That's, uh, I don't know. Do you, I don't have much more yeah, to well, add. Let's, let's talk about uh, the other thing our team has been working on is developing the curriculum that we'll oh, be yeah. uh, teaching on March 8th and March 22nd when the first class is completely sold out. Uh, there's still a couple slots on for March 22nd, but we'll have um, you know up to 10 people coming and spending the day. And it's kind of exciting for me, actually. Like I have a bunch of drones on the shelf over there that are set apart for some of the people that are going to be unboxing the drone for the very first time. And that uh, we get to, you know, from, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning to, you know, eight o'clock at night or whatever it ends up being just help them with every step of the process from yep. getting it set up. But we're going to go way into detail. Like you're really going to learn about your controller and, and get this. The, the, the cool thing is at least the way I learn, you don't learn by just like reading a textbook or something or even like seeing it on the screen. You actually learn by doing it. Yes. Yep. And so the way that the whole afternoon is set up is there's going to be some teaching and you're going to see the somebody, you know, doing stuff on the remote and explaining what it is. But then you actually go out. There's some big screens outside. We'll connect the remotes and students will actually fly nice. in a safe way, you know, like putting in practice the thing that they just learned. Yeah. Come back in, learn another segment, go back out. So the whole afternoon, it's going to be fun. It's not just going to be like, uh, I have to go back to school to learn. Yep, no, no. Yeah. It's going to be interactive. Like, like let's get you truly comfortable on your yep. personal yep. drone. Yep. And best place, you know, any questions, um, the goal is to leave, uh, just feeling confident. Like, you know, exactly how. So it works. does this make them DDR certified? It does not. No, no. this is just going from beginners. It's kind of an introduction to the Matrice 30T. Okay, so I, I've had quite a few people ask me uh, at the shows that we were at so far, uh, are we thinking about doing a drone deer recovery certified program? Yeah, still still uh, on the, you know, not we're not actively working on it right now. It still is the plan for the upcoming season. Um, but we're redoing the entire website. So when you have a, a location, you know, you, you're listed on the map. We're building it so you can go in there put the photos, put the name, put the description, change. You know, if you travel from state to state, this is going to be a game changer. So if you're in Iowa this weekend and you want to provide the service in yeah. Iowa, you take your drone along, you just update your pin. Oh. Um, so people will like in real time be able to like see where you're at. Dude, that gets me so fired no. up. Can I be listed on your map, Kevin? <laughs> you can, okay. Mike. I'll make sure it happens. Okay. But no, it's going to be awesome because that was one of the big like struggles that we have now is you send it like who wants to change their photo by sending an email. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. just like, I mean, come on, Kevin. That's like, this that's, is 2024, yeah. right? It's just like, it's like, like if I'm a government agent said, no, if you want to change your photo or yeah. you want to change your logo, you have to send an email and we'll go through the proper channels. It's like, no, no, it's no, not the way it should yeah. work. It's like, I want to change my uh, Facebook profile. Login, change, yep. done. Yeah, so we're, that's what we're building. And I think that this year, it'll be far more of a useful tool for the for the pilots. And then we're going to also do advertising for hunters to make sure in some states, because it's interesting to see like the people that follow us and the people that know, it's like we're on the Eastern United States yeah. primarily. Yeah, It's almost like it well, hasn't well, reached the whole way over. Well, or, some people aren't sure that it's going to work in the Western states with um, rocks and boulders. Uh, because we, you know, we make videos of us looking through uh, forests with rocks and boulders and that type of thing. So wouldn't that just be that you do it first thing in the morning once those rocks have like possibly, off? um, we're trying to get some data so they have accurate data. That to would be an interesting pull. video. Um, there's a guy in Arizona 
that's flying a Matrice 30T, and he is able to uh, find uh, animals out in the rocks and mm-hmm. the boulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been invited to go to New Mexico to test it out there as well um, with their brush and, and their boulders and stuff. I think it's going to work. It's just different settings that mm-hmm. you're going to have to use. I think that the market out there will be more for outfitters to have as a tool than it is necessarily to do it as a business because it's so far and so wide and so spread out between where people are. Mm-hmm. Unless you know where the people are hunting, right? And then you do what you're talking about that you'll be able to do on the new Drone Deer Recovery uh, website is move your pin into those areas and you're going to have to be somewhat close because yeah. oh, you, yeah. you won't be able to schedule it out three, four hours, maybe. But that's why I think that it's more popular in the East because there's more people. There's more hunters right kind of in an area where out West, if you're you know close to Denver, that's cool. There's a bunch of people in Denver, but there's not people hunting inside of Denver. I don't know. I could be wrong, but they're like out from there in the mountains. Yeah, well, and makes it, sense or not? Yeah, it makes sense. But you would think that still where people hunt, like some people live there and the people that live in the area where they hunt, right? There's little towns and whatever, yeah, like through the yeah. whole state of Colorado. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe. It, well, see, we were really targeting deer recovery. What if we, you know, what if it's elk? elk? Elk, elk recovery, and, bear um, recovery. Yeah, mule deer. Like, it's it's yeah. different. Maybe it would send it to those audience instead yeah. of just, like, to the deer people. Something to think about. Another thing, Mike, that I was thinking about this week, based on the conversation I had, is we have the Matrice 350, right? The big drone. Yes. Yep. Um, Megalodrone. The Megalodrone. You can put a, a multispectral camera on that thing for ag application, yep. right? Yep. Is that... Like I had somebody asking about it. I wasn't quite sure what to tell them. Is that a, still a developing use It's case? developing. Yeah. Is So it's, it's almost, I mean, it's so new. Okay. I say new lightly. The, the people that are into multispectral are going to be like, no, Mike, it's been around for five years already. Okay. But it's new to the farmer to try to explain to him how this multispectral drone camera will be able to scan his fields and give him crop health data using an array of like five cameras right it takes five different cameras it combines the info to somehow generate yeah it's different color palettes i think and and i'm not an expert i'm not going to say that i am but uh, somehow this multi-spectral camera can scan a field of say corn and it will show you where the corn is struggling Mm -hmm. and so what they would then do with that data is take it back to their spray drone, mark that area out that is struggling, and you know apply fertilizer or apply a a, a pesticide or an insecticide. Yeah, and that or, just or, makes so like that makes so much sense because if you're paying you know thirty to fifty bucks an acre for the chemical, I mean that's what some of the chemical is expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the multispectral is for spot treating, and I, I'm hearing that if you're out there offering a spot treating, like you'll you'll charge a lot more per acre than you would if you were just blanket, yeah. you know, the yep. whole field. Yep. So the drone guy makes more money, the farm guy spends less money, and the field is helped 
probably maybe not quite as much, but the field is is helped a lot more. So it's really for uh, farmers that are trying to grow a crop and growing high yield, the absolute max that they can they can grow. Um, but I'm not a absolute expert on that. But it's definitely technology that's coming, and I I think if you're a high yield farmer, why not try it? That's where I'm at with it. Yeah. And then have a drone come in there and spray it. Because you're not going to pull your ground rig out to go spray that little section. So, the, And that's an example, like, and maybe I'm just not aware, but, you know, there's other U.S.-based companies that have thermal drones now. But, like, for a platform to do multispectral, is there any platform out there other than, like, the, the Matrice series that would have multispectral cameras that you're aware of? I I think there are other uh, drones that do multi uh, non DJI drones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, we could Google it, but I'm I'm sure it's it's like anything else, right? Like you you think there's nothing else, but it's like drone deer recovery. There's not just drone deer recovery. There's you know John Henry's deer recovery. Like there there are yeah. other options out there, but the big player in in the game is drone deer recovery or like. DJI and that's what we all know is because they've been in the market for so long I definitely think that there's other um, drones out there but are we going to start doing that multispectral is that this year or next year I don't know what should we do Kevin I can't say that I want to go fly and do multispectral scans of of fields personally myself but (laughs) maybe but if you think of uh, yeah I I don't know like so okay so get this so I've had Ag pilots ask me, hey, Kevin, how do I go sell fields? Like, if, if I'm going to buy a spray drone and a spray trailer, how do I get farmers to buy in? Uh, you take your... That's the thing. You you got to demo it. Yeah, you got to demo it. But imagine imagine the visual of being able to show a farmer, like, the data of his actual field, what's healthy and what's unhealthy. But it's convincing him that that data is accurate, right? Like... Just because you show him something, yeah. if he doesn't understand it or whatever, he he might be like, yeah, well, how how would I know did you... This is what's required for the industry to move ahead, right? Multispectral? No, the whole educating part. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's definitely educating. It's just part of the process. Yeah, it's, you, it's part of it. You just told me this morning that, like, where we're going to be spraying some in Indiana, what, what what's the percentage of people wanting a helicopter to a drone now, like, three years in? Farmers? 80 80 to 20. So 80% of them want drones and 20% want helicopters. And that, man, that, that's with that. The, that's with the customer base that this chemical. Yeah. Well, and so those farmers have been exposed to it for three years now? Yeah. Yep. So if you think, I mean, I mean, talk about market, like this gets my business brain excited. Yeah. Because when you talk about taking a completely cold audience that's only ever seen it being applied by helicopter or airplane. Yep. And then over the course of three years. First, John Henry does it, you know, and then it's like, well, that worked out okay. He does it. Three years in, 80% of the people is doing yep. it. Yep. It really, I mean, we yeah, don't. Yeah, well, it, it just, it sells itself. It and, sells and, itself. And my, my biggest, like, I don't want to. So when we start talking about agricultural, we get that question. What do you charge per acre? How can I sell this to my farmer? The best way to do it is have the rig. Have the new way ag rig. You're going to get the trailer, the drones, the everything you need. So the, wh- the why setup. is that important? Because you have to pull up to the farmer in his field and spray water on it. And he will see how this is like penetrating the canopy and 
Like it's dead accurate going down, coming back, and it's not, like it is working. It sells itself once they see it. But to try to show them a, a video of it, yeah, it looks kind of cool. But how many guys came up to us at the, the show and they're like, oh my gosh, that drone is a whole lot bigger than it looks. <laughs> yeah. It's that. It's yeah. like when you start talking about drones spraying hundreds, thousands of acres, they're like, no way. But when they see it done efficiently, yep. then they're like, okay, this makes sense. Sign me up. I was spraying fields in Indiana last year. It's like, you know, air tractor pilot, uh, those yellow airplanes you see out there. He's spraying fields next to us, coming down, hitting them. Great piloting skills. And he's doing what he's taught. But that farmer seen us at his neighbor's farm, came over, watched the drones for a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I just had an airplane spray my stuff this morning. I was like, yeah, I seen him. He's like, I'll be using drones next year. This mm -hmm. is the way to do it. Mm -hmm. He said, you're down there where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I didn't even you have to say anything. No, I didn't. It makes sense mm -hmm. when, when you see it. Mm -hmm. But what I was telling people is, is if you have to invest the money to buy, you know, the complete setup to look professional, you, if you need to pay that equipment off this year or you're going to go broke or be homeless, it's probably not a great idea because you will have to show this technology to a certain mm -hmm. amount of farmers until it gets the ball rolling, unless unless you can get started right away with a farmer that has tens of thousands of acres and he understands it and believes it without being convinced or working with a chemical yeah. company and yeah. they believe in the drones because right now most most chemical companies, most farmers, they just have never seen it, don't believe it, have never seen it, uh, an efficient operation yeah. done. Well, and some of the ones that have maybe seen it or been interested in it and they try to like do it themselves. Have you, have you ever seen a chemical company that does it well? Like where they have their own drone spraying division inside the company? Uh, I don't know that I've seen it personally. I know that there's some local co-ops here that, um, so local co-ops had custom applicators do their application. Mm -hmm. They're like, we're going to get drones and we're going to do it ourselves in house. So I think that's happening. Are they efficient? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's like the, the, and I guess this is mostly based off of conversations last season and there's a learning curve and everything. But um, if you just try to cold turkey start this and you're going to plan on covering thousands of acres, it's there's a process. probably not going to work unless you have a well thought out equipment and, and the teaching on how to actually be efficient. You know, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, even outside of that, it, it starts with the fields. Like, are you personally going to be spraying it or are you going to have a team going out? How are you going to boundary those fields? Are you going to start it, you know, have a KML file on Google earth? Are you going to boundary it there? Send them out as batches. Like there's so much to learn. There's so much to teach on it, but can it be efficient? I absolutely believe it can be efficient. So Mike, the, the flip side of what you were saying about, um, if you need to pay off the equipment in the first year, you're going to go broke, going to be homeless, like probably don't do that. And I'd say any business idea, like, you know, if that's where you're at, you probably should just get a job yeah. until you can yep. afford to start a more safely. Yeah. I mean, there's but some risk involved. The, the, the flip side, Mike, is that I think particularly for farmers, um, if they're going to start with a new 
uh, like, you know, I'm going to try having my crop sprayed this year. I'm going to get a local guy to come out. If he has a good experience, like he's planting that field every year. He's planting that crop every year. And maybe not quite every year he's going to need a spray depending on the field and the location and the disease. But that is a return customer. Yeah. Yeah. And the easiest farmers to like, you know, build a clientele around are going to be the ones that have gone from airplanes to helicopters. If you're going to try to do this in five years, I predict you're going to have a rougher road trying to get farmers to go from a different drone pilot to yourself. You might have to be cheaper. You might have to, you know, maybe the other drone pilot has to do a bad job. But if you are one of the first drone pilots in your area offering agricultural spraying and applying to get somebody to go from a helicopter or airplane to a drone, it's not as hard as it's going to be to get them to go from another drone guy to you down the road. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely benefits to being on the early curve. Oh yeah. I totally agree. I was looking up uh, something here. How many drones are in China uh, versus like America? Like it is insane. What are the numbers? So here it's saying um, in 2020, the number of registered drones in China reached 517,000. In China, let's see. So just just over half a million registered drones. Yeah, it, they don't even have uh, how many drones have been sold. Oh my gosh! <laughs> As of twenty twenty, there were one hundred ninety two thousand registered commercial drones in the United States. As of twenty twenty, one hundred ninety two. Less than half. Less than half. That number's got to be growing though, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Agricultural drones uh, market hit revenue of, this is uh, futurefarming.com, agricultural drones market to hit revenue 14 point, what, that is a weird number, 14.2 million by 2033. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Agricultural drone market. I think it's uh, 14 billion. Is that a billion? If it's fourteen thousand two hundred thirty-seven million, I I don't know. I was I was really quickly immediate. quickly looking up some of this stuff, but alrighty. Oh, uh, we don't want to milk this thing out. We're talking agricultural all the time, but it's because that's the season we're going into. Uh, drone deer recovery season, obviously, is basically over. There's pet recovery stuff that uh, that can be done, but for the most part, thermal drone season. Is uh, we're you know we're packing those things up and we're getting our ag drones out and ready to start raking making big. I said raking, yeah, we're about to rake in big real money. If you want to get into the agricultural game, now is the time because there is no doubt in my mind that that is where you can make the big money. Nothing to add. Alrighty. I was just wondering though, did you want to kind of recap since deer season ended? What was different from your first season to now and just like kind of recap the season how it went season went exactly how it did season one with but just amplified as thing came in with with a lot more steroids because thousands and thousands of people seen it up to that point my first year a lot of my customers were amish because you know where my business is located so a lot of Amish called Drone Deer Recovery Season 1. We started the the YouTube channel, got millions of views, and so a lot of eyeballs uh, knew about Drone Deer Recovery. So as the season kicked off, uh, the phone started getting busier and busier, 
when you get into about third week in October, that's really when it started taking off. Just personally, my phone uh, with people calling for drone deer recovery in the state of Ohio. Now, we were also fielding calls earlier in the season from across the country trying to, when we before we pivoted away from our other business uh, plan, we were fielding those calls from anywhere from Illinois, Kentucky, you name it. But, uh, yeah, so it was just amplified um, with how many more calls I got. Uh, had a lot more guys be able to send out on calls uh, because I just couldn't do it. I mean, I think the one day, I forget how many calls I got. It was between 30 and 50 probably calls that I was fielding personally and then dishing them out to subcontractors and stuff. And so, yeah amplified i would say that um it'll probably do that for the next couple of years getting busier and busier of course the market there's more and more people getting into uh doing drone deer recovery in the state of ohio so other people are also getting those calls which is fine because i couldn't do them all but i was able to uh, give a lot of work out to these subcontractors that bought equipment and uh, was able to help them with getting mm-hmm. some of that stuff paid off Overall, it was a, a great season. People ask me, well, how many did you do? It's so hard to keep track because when I send three leads to Austin, you know, Austin has to remember to get back to me if all three of those leads came through or uh, how many deer did you find? Uh, Austin isn't reporting back to me that, you know, I found two out of those three. And so to, to have numbers of how many we did drone deer recovery just out of this office is hard to keep track. But I would say we did, if I throw a number out there, between 125 to 200 recoveries that drone deer recovery would have handled. Um, how many recoveries were done across the United States because of drone deer recovery, like bringing this to attention and people buying their own drones and and starting their own businesses, I guarantee it was thousands of deer were uh, looked for. There's no knowing how many were found, uh, but there were thousands of deer that were looked for in the state uh, or in the country all across the board because of bringing this new technology to the people. Uh, I, I've said this before. I wasn't the very first guy that... Uh, had this idea of doing this. There were other people doing it, but nobody really brought it forward because they were scared of the technology and should we, you know, can you do it or can't you do it? And that's where I was like, I'm not going to be scared and create this content and put it out there. So, yeah, I would say this season was incredible with a drone deer recovery. I see it being just as busy next season. And we'll just keep uh, ramping up, probably adding subs if we need more subs. But right now, I'd say we got it um, pretty dialed in. Did you have fun? Did you have some really fun recoveries? Did I have fun recoveries? Oh, I mean, anytime you you help a, a hunter recover a deer, it's fun. Uh, the the ones that are the ones you can't find, and you're like, just where in the Sam Hill could this deer have gone? And still to this day, there's a lot of recoveries that you just don't know what happened with the deer. Because I, I try to have my customers reach out to me. Did you find the deer later? Was it in the search area? And uh, it may never show back up on camera. It just it was moving through the area or something like that. So uh, definitely have fun if I find them. Get frustrated if I can't. 
but I did have one guy call me the other day. Um, and I personally did, I wonder if I did 50 myself, probably close. Um, there was one guy that called me, uh, the other day and said that I found my buck that you were looking for and it was in the search area. But here's the catch is when I was looking for it, they didn't know what it was. Like they didn't know, was it an eight pointer? Was it a 10 pointer? Was it a hundred pointer? They did not know. They just knew it was a shooter. And I was finding bucks in the search area, but I would show them like, is this your buck? I don't know. It's like, okay, because the deer was gut hit. So unless I found a deer laying flat dead or a big blood spot, because I, I've looked for a gut shot deer. You can't tell that they're gut shot. Like, because like the way they lay, or maybe it's a really low hit or they have their leg over it or whatever. Like you can't tell there are a lot of times when you watch the videos, like you can tell where the deer is hit, but not all the time. But in that, you know, that search, I did 250 acres, found boatloads of does, a lot of bucks, not one of those bucks that they claim. So I don't know. I can't say that I didn't find him because I may have found him. I actually went back and looked at the footage. He told me where they had um, found the buck, went back. Yep, found bucks right there where he was saying. So there's no there's no knowing yeah. if that was for sure their you know, their buck that I found because they didn't know. They didn't have a photo of the buck. They just said it was the biggest buck that came into the to their area there and they, they shot at him. So that being said, I think my odds this year were better than they were last year on getting calls if the deer was dead in the search area. Um, last year, I would have got three or four, but two of those uh, four or three, I, I forget what the number was, uh, the hunter wasn't even sure that they were in the search area when we were originally looking. Like They, they would have moved out and came back later and just got infection or something and, mm. and died. So, so you're saying numbers are really good. You're saying chances are better for what? This year, my numbers are better this year oh, than they would gotcha, have been last gotcha. year. Because yeah. if I if I uh, did fifty, I had one guy call me, but that guy I can't even say that I missed his deer. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I gotcha. Yeah, but because he didn't know if when you were, you might have been looking at his deer, he didn't know if you. Yeah, were or not. yep. I I missed one last year, not last season, but the last would have been two seasons ago that I missed, and they called me back. And that one was laying in cattails with about four, four to six inches of water. Problem is there, I don't know if his, um, his thermal showed up because I remember looking at those uh, ponds and nothing caught my eye. So, but I definitely missed that one. I don't know. Live and learn. Learned a lot. Uh, I'm excited. Learned a bunch of new different settings on our remotes. And uh, I think we'll only get better for sure. I think that's all we got for this one. It it feels a little milked. If you guys feel like it's it's too long, let us know. We'll shorten them up if you want. If you like us just chatting around, bouncing all over the place between ag laws and what else did we talk about? Seems like deer, ag, and legal. Deer, is... ag, and legal. That's the game of drone deer recovery. <laughs> yeah, in this season. But yeah, alrighty. Well, that's all we got. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to give it a thumbs up, subscribe, and we'll uh, catch you guys on the next one.